0: Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with Life.Net in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast, which is part of the Discipleship Foundation series. This is chapter 18, which is entitled, Christ's Finished Work, Redemption from Performance-Based Living. I'm going to begin by reading a passage from Galatians 3, 1 through 4, O foolish Galatians, who cast a spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? That's from the New Living Translation. Legalism or performance-based living is one of the greatest evils propagated by well-meaning people in cooperation with the devil. Paul likened it to being under the power of witchcraft. Legalism mesmerizes those under its sway. It is fueled by our pride and reinforced by rules that are used to measure people's righteousness before God. Performance-based living cannot give us the peace we desire because it is based on the lie that it is possible to gain and maintain a right relationship with God through our own effort. Because of the effects of sin, most of us realize that something is missing in our relationship with God. Religion is man's attempt to connect with God But the Bible makes it clear that any restoration of that relationship must be initiated by God himself. We are quite incapable of pulling it off. Just as the people of Israel thought they could fight against the Canaanites on their own, we are under the delusion that through trying hard, we can please God without his help. The Israelites who followed Moses illustrated this principle. And I read from Exodus 19, 7 and 8. So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had commanded him. All the people responded together, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. That's from the New Living Translation. They thought they had the capacity to obey. All they needed was to know what to do. The truth of the matter was that they were fatally flawed at the core of their being because of the devastating effects of sin. Even though they professed to want to obey God, they had no ability to follow through on their promise. God knew this, but they did not yet. The same is often true for us. We imagine that if we just try a little harder, we can pull this off, but we cannot. Most Christians understand that before being born again, we desperately needed Christ. When we realized that we were unable, to save ourselves, the gospel becomes most welcome news. Jesus died to take our punishment for all the sins we ever committed. God is willing to let bygones be bygones and erase or forgive all the marks against us on the great blackboard of life. Those who do not fully understand the gospel tend to stop here with forgiveness, thinking that Once we get a fresh, clean slate, now it is our responsibility to make the most of it. After all, God helps those who help themselves. By the way, this is probably the most quoted non-scripture ever. This way of looking at things misses the point. We could not save ourselves before we turned to Christ and we cannot do it after. The good news is much more than simple forgiveness. God gives those who trust in Jesus his spirit to live the Christ life in and through us. This means that we need God's grace to operate in every aspect of our lives from beginning to the end. Romans 5, 1 and 2 reads, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory new living translation under legalism we get into the kingdom of grace by grace but we remain in god's favor through our obedience in other words we earn it grace thinking is quite different we enter the kingdom by grace and become obedient through grace the result is the same, but how we get there is very different. Legalism requires self-effort. Grace requires faith that Christ has already provided us with a permanent right standing with God. Our obedience stems from our love for such an amazing Savior and a desire to please and bring him glory. Romans ten three through four says they, speaking of the Jews, and I would add any legalist, they don't understand God's way of making people right with Himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law for Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Legalistic thinking in earlier times led some to postpone water baptism until their deathbed. That way they would have the cleanest slate possible when they approached the judgment seat of Christ. The early Jewish believers in Christ often added a slightly different twist. People get into the Kingdom by faith alone, but if you want to be a true follower of Christ, you then had to keep the law and be circumcised. The key idea in legalism is that salvation comes through faith in Christ plus something else. The true gospel is that salvation comes through faith in Christ, alone. Let me read Galatians 5, 1 through 4. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in a slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again, if you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. New Living Translation. Every god-fearing person who has tried to keep the law knows what it is like to feel the desperation of condemnation. Before faith in Christ, all of us were under condemnation and wrath because all have sinned. Romans 3:22 through 24. No one has ever escaped this judgment because no one apart from Christ has been without sin. Condemnation comes because of the law. The law is God's righteous standard of holiness that points out and defines sin in our lives. Its job is to place us under condemnation so that we will understand our desperate need for a Savior. It is our servant to lead us to Christ. Romans 3.20 says, For no one can ever be made right with God by keeping what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. New Living Translation. Once a person places his or her faith in Christ, this condemnatory role of the law in our lives is finished forever. 1 Timothy 1.8-11 says, we know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for adulterers and perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me, in IV, Christ took upon himself all the condemnation that the law placed upon us. He bore our sin and the penalty for our sin. When we placed our faith in Christ, we were justified by the Father, which means we were given Christ's perfect righteousness. This means, in God's eyes, we already have the righteousness that comes from perfect obedience unto death over a lifetime. And that is why we are no longer subject to condemnation. Freedom from condemnation is a big key to victorious living. The strength of sin is the law's power to condemn, according to 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty six, If we allow ourselves to be condemned because of our sins and failings after becoming a Christian, we are giving power to sin to rule us, even though it has no right to do so. Until we decide to focus instead on Christ's righteousness given to us, Instead of on our own sinfulness and weakness, we will struggle with the condemnation induced power of sin in our lives. Therefore, it is just as important to understand and believe that we are free from condemnation through dying to the law in Christ as it is to believe we're free from the power of indwelling sin through our identification with Christ, death to sin and resurrection to life. The law will never go away. Its righteous standards are eternal. We had to go away by dying so that we could be married to someone else whose name is Jesus Christ. Just as our union with the law brought forth evil fruit due to our corrupt sin nature... Even so, our union with Christ produces good fruit out of our new nature in Christ. The new nature cannot be joined to the law because the two are incompatible. We must jettison old performance-based thinking and accept the new way of the Spirit. Romans 6-7 says, but now we have been released from the law for we died with Christ and we are no longer captive to its power. Now we can really serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way by the Spirit. New Living Translation. The only way this will work is if the power of grace and the indwelling spirit is strong enough to overcome temptation and the desires of the sin nature, which still reside in us in diminished strength. According to Romans 8, this is indeed the case. So let me read Romans 8, 1 through 4. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, for the power of of the life-giving spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses could not save us because of our sinful nature, but God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours are sinful. God destroyed sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the requirement of the law could be fully accomplished for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Romans 8, 1 through 4, the New Living Translation. If this sounds too good to be true... It is because we have never understood the true gospel of grace. Instead, we have been living, to some degree or another, under a form of legalism or performance-based Christianity. Yes, it is vitally important to obey God, but we don't do it to gain a right standing or acceptance from Him. We do it because we already have those things. Love and appreciation are far more powerful motivators than fear and condemnation. If we have any doubts about this, consider the story of the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. She expected to be killed by stoning for her sin as required by the law. But, and I read from John eight ten and 11, then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. She was able to walk in victory over sin because God forgave her and released her from condemnation. If we have only known serving God out of fear of judgment... We really should give this new way of living condemnation free in the spirit a try. We will never go back.